I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hi, everybody. This is Andy just before the show with a special announcement about the supporter of this episode of the podcast, Harry's Shavers. Harry's have been good to us over for more than a year now in supporting the podcast, so we would love it if you could check out their great value products in the shaving realm. Specifically, supporters of our podcast can go along to harrys.com forward slash think tank and get a $13 value trial set that you don't have to pay for with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted ergonomic handle, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, Rich lathering shave gel. You know how I feel about that uh, that shave gel. Travel blade cover. And if you go to harrys.com forward slash think tank, you will get this sweet uh, introductory value trial offer set from us to you. And if you support them, it supports the podcast. And I do another ad for the, them later on in the show, and I do it much worse than this one. So listen to this one. And just treat the second one as a reminder of how good they are, but don't worry about the specifics. Then worry about them now and go to the place I said and get the stuff that I talked about. Thank you and see you in the podcast. Apex Predator. Apex Predator. Apex Predator. Apex Predator. Apex Predator. Predator on the Apex of Predators. Predator. Oh, wow. Never have three people been more in sync so early on in a podcast. It's sort of greater than jazz, you know? Mm. Jazz jazz went through many phases, but never a phase where each person was just doing their own song. (laughs) Working at cross purposes. Yeah, against each other. (laughs) Competitive jazz. (gasps) I love it. Yeah, Yeah, competitive jazz. Uh, Jazz or jazz, even. Competitive jazz. Yeah. Competitive jazz. I feel like I went to college with a guy called Competitive Jazz. It's Competitive Jeremy, mm. who's competitive at Competitive Jazz. Oh, that ties back into an idea that actually is something. Well, That's great. I mean, you could imagine that the person who invented Competitive Jazz was themselves competitive. Mm. Much sure. in the same way that the person who invented soccer was in, had legs and probably owned a ball. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you can tell a lot about the person who invents a game by the game, by they the game that they invent. <laughs> yeah. Or just about the, the things that they own, the limbs that they have. Well, that, those are things. Yeah. Those the, are things about someone. Yeah. The snakes mm. and ladders person. They were from Earth. Oh. <laughs> right? Yeah, um, okay. Well, yet, yeah, I think that's fair, uh, fair to assume. Yeah, it was made in a time after uh, climbing was invented. So we can yeah. we can start narrowing to narrow this it down, down yeah. to, until eventually we know the in, the inside of this person's psyche uh, better than they may know mm-hmm. it themselves. Mm-hmm. So um, before climbing, that's BC, obviously. BC, and then after climbing, that's uh, après um, Monte. Monte. Lad- ladder. Am. <laughs> 
But this is also, so it's before climbing, mm-hmm. but also not before people discovered that you couldn't slide down a snake. Yeah, well, that's it. No, it was after climbing, but before <laughs> when people decided, yep, got uh, it. discovered so that you So probably could... when, they, when they invented climbing, they said, I'll climb up this thing, mm. right, and then I'll just slide down a snake, right, uh, you know, thinking that that would be the way to get down. So mm-hmm. they, they climbed up, and while they were up there, somebody was inventing the game, mm-hmm. and they'd already submitted the, uh, that's right. the prototype the patent. before the crucial snake sliding component of the... Uh, of the entire yep. procedure. Oh, we've already printed and sold 250,000 units. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. when they make, a, you know, they release a, a video game tie-in for uh, a movie snakes that then turns ladders. out to be a flop. Snakes and Ladders. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. For Snakes and Ladders. If they haven't made a movie out of Snakes and Ladders. They made a Battleship movie. Mm. Yeah, but that's not the Snakes and Ladders movie, I don't think. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, point. I mean, that would be the craziest <laughs> thing if they made the snakes and ladders movie and, and they called it Battleship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just a more popular game. <laughs> well, yeah. I'll I'll wait till I see the figures mm. of mm. the yeah yeah um, figurines. Um, hey, should we introduce ourselves? Hello and welcome to Two of the Think Tank, the show where we come up with five sketchy ideas. I'm Andy and I'm Alistair George William Trombley Birchall. And joining us in the tank. Is is white man <laughs> Peter Thomas? Hi guys! I forgot what you said that you wanted me to introduce you as. Uh, yep, yeah, just very uh, special friend, probably. Very special friend, friend and, of the podcast, and invulnerable, uh, indomitable, oh, indomitable, uh, and cannot be hurt using traditional means. That's right. <laughs> he wants he wants the listeners to know that he cannot be hurt by traditional means, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> he so is, you have to think about it. He's impenetrable. Yeah. Mm. That, mm. <laughs> Metaphorically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but that metaphor is a metaphor for his literal impenetrability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's wonderful to be here. Thanks, I'm guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, wait. Is there something in what we can tell about the guy who invented snakes and ladders? Is that a sketch? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess in a way, like, well, 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 well what do we do? We go, we, we, we rifle through Shakespeare's works to try and find clues about who he was, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I imagine one of the things that they found out about him was that he was a guy with a pen, you know? That's right. Or at least he had access to... Something that he could did. write in the way of a pen. In the way of a pen. Um, I think we're making a lot of assumptions. Absolutely. Mm, mm, yeah. Well, 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 like which ones? Well, <laughs> well, first off, we've got to have a Shakespeare before he can be have one. a before he can have a pen. Uh, we're assuming that there is Shakespeare. Yeah. And that the you know the mm. uh, the, the plays didn't just form on the page sort of because of some kind of mildew or something. How do you know that, that didn't happen? Yeah. Or the. And, Shakespeare wasn't just kids, two kids inside a coat. Mm. That's true. Two and, kids in a coat. Also, if it was multiple people, mm-hmm. possibly multiple people who are made up of two kids in a coat, right? So each of the multiple people is two kids in a coat? That's right. So right. Fi- uh, what is it, Philip Marlowe? Is that the one of the, the, the people? Uh, Christopher Marlowe? Christopher Marlowe, yeah. yeah. One yeah. of the guys who has a, written a play that kind of had similarities to something that was in there. But I think they weren't, they weren't the same though, right? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, let's not get into the details of that. But you know who the real jerk in history is? 
is the person who's who would take the work of everyone. That's like let's say it was twelve people working on something, mm. Mm. and then go. Let me just give it one name. Let me just put it under the name of one person. Yeah, William Shakespeare. I think it, maybe you're just describing the studio art system of the Renaissance. Hell, is that what it is? Yeah, artists—they just made up a big studios. Mm-hmm. Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci, uh, da Vinci, <laughs> and Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo da Vinci was employed by a Leonardo da Vinci just to to make stuff. One of the yeah. studio artists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Rembrandt, and have a, he had a large studio. Yeah, it's just the way, so way that art works. But all his works were the works of many people. I don't know. <laughs> Pete, Pete doesn't know. <laughs> Pete's making this up. I mean, we, we we still can't establish whether or not William Shakespeare had a pen. I don't think I can say decisively. I'm really glad we haven't worked. managed to get past the pen no, question. No, <laughs> but I think it, I think there's an important there's an important point there on the pen. It's the, ah, the so part that you pen. dip in the ink. Yeah, all very all important. I, all I was trying to say is that the origin of some artworks is more complicated than just a name signed on the artwork. Yeah, I've what? always felt that the great masters stuff hmm. was so good that. It was probably done by a studio of people. Because mm, you know what they say, all the best work is born out of the compromise of a lot of people working just for a paycheck. Yeah. You know? Well. Yeah, we... amateurs basically employed in sort of semi, you know, servile conditions. Name something good. Unable to get credit for their work. What's good? Well, name, okay. Soybeans. Soybeans are good, right? Yes. and that... Indisputably good. Yeah, and that's one... That's that's one plant, mm-hmm. and then loads of people picking that plant, mm-hmm. and then loads of people driving it, then loads of people crushing it, and but then loads of people sort of dipping it in sort of milk. Squeezing the milk out, realizing they've made a mistake. This is an amazing <laughs> thing. If we find out that the way that soy milk is made is just by putting milk into soybeans and then squeezing it back out again. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess if you were, like, if somebody, if you had no information about the world and somebody said, I need you to get milk out of these soybeans, you'd be like, well, there's no milk in these soybeans. I'm going to have to put some in if I'm going to get it out again. Mm-hmm. You inject it in there. It's like, you know, when you age brandy in a barrel or something, it's you, you put the milk into the soybean and then you get it back out again. Yeah. And it's just one of those classic scams, like a fake, uh, you know, fake super intelligent computer or something. Whereas you just and you, you actually just have somebody hiding under a, uh, a tea towel, you know, under the pulling, uh, a pulling levers, yeah, pulling levers to make it look like the computer could wave its arms. Yeah, that computer is so intelligent. Look at the way it waves its arms. There, up and down, you know, and then you say, oh, what day of the week was it on Thursday last month? And they'll say the 17th of January. And you're like, yeah, checks out. What an an amazing soybean. I'm going to invest. Yeah. What did you write down, Alistair, milking soybeans? If you invent the soybean for long enough, the soybean ends up inventing you. Yeah. That's very, very wise. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you're lucky because I've just had two um, articles put, posted into that's what I was doing. You're wondering what I was writing down. I was writing to my obituarist <laughs> to write for you guys two obituaries in the, in the newspaper for tomorrow. <laughs> and, and, I've, and I've attributed that line to, bo- to both of you. Uh, oh, thank you so I much. Actually, you know what? It's not a bad what idea. A, what a tribute. 
But it's not a bad idea to get a bit of a, a literary dispute going on mm. after your death or like some kind of attribution type dispute because it's all very well to invent something and everyone's everyone's just like yeah they they invented it you know if, it, if it's not disputed mm-hmm. but then if there's two sort of famous people or a bunch of famous people sort of fighting over it and then you have people sort of fight your you know your side on after you've died and then the people are like no he invented it no he invented it oh he invented it you know Meanwhile, then, your estate is raking in the dollars because well, of that Well, it's just keeping you in the quote. news cycle. There are no articles that come out and say, um, Einstein still invented relativity. But if there is, you know, like, mm-hmm. like you know, if there's stuff like Newton Not in the and publications Light, I read, no, anyway. No, no, absolutely not. Status quo monthly, that's what you read. <laughs> Every oh, Thursday. All right. Can I? Oh, wait, can it I, comes out. Let's start a publication. Call it the status quo monthly, and it is just affirmations of things that still are. Reminders <laughs> 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 that nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. Air is fine. You're fine. The what you say doesn't need to change. I don't know if this is these are if these oh, are specifically tailored you know, to each person. I, mean, I guess um, most chairs still have four legs. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah, most. Yeah, well, you can't. I've got to leave a little bit of wiggle room so that for stools. Yeah. With three legs. <laughs> yeah. Or banana chairs, which may have six. Because the last thing mm, the readers of true. Status Quo Monthly. <laughs> To, to see some some banana chairs have six. I'm just trying to get my head around that Don't sentence. They? What is a banana chair? No, those long. Oh, sorry, banana of... lounge. Oh, banana lounge. Can't, can't they have six legs? Right. I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Are they an insect? <laughs> That's right. An insect. They're not an arachnid. That'd yeah, be eight legs. Yeah. The banana is a herb, but the banana lounge is an insect. That's sure, right. Technically. That's how classification works. Mm. Uh, I think we should look more into status quo monthly over this episode. Yeah. But I also, I mean, look, I wrote down competitive jazz. Not oh, because we flushed so it out. I'm so glad you went back to that. Because competitive jazz, I think the idea that, you know, somebody realized this is all, mm. this is nice, sort of making a music that doesn't have too many words, mm. that I that is sort of enjoyable to listen to. Mm-hmm. But what's or, the point? Or can be. But yeah, but what do you get out of it? Mm. You don't win... Mm-hmm. You don't win at the end of each. Mm-hmm. There's not set. A, like a, like one of those small sort of faux gold little plastic figurines of somebody holding a trumpet or something. Mm. And there should be a trumpet. Already looks like a like like you know like a trophy itself, doesn't it? Because a it lot does. of them are gold. The Grammy pretty much is a trumpet, isn't it? Yes. Uh. <laughs> I mean, it's like a well, the gramophone is oh, like a like, trumpet it, that you let a machine like. play. Mm. Yeah. And to be honest. They're able to do. The machines are much better at playing the uh, trumpet than we are, because they're able to get all sorts of sounds out of it. Yeah, but I would prefer and if the grammar. Oh, sorry, sorry, no, please. Oh no, that's why they've been outlawed from competitive jizz. That's, <laughs> that's right. They have been outlawed from competitive jizz. Um, <laughs> I meant to say jazz. Uh, I understand, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't enter a competitive jizz competition with a gramophone. No, but competitive jazz and competitive jizz mm-hmm. uh, do both feature impressive solos. So that's absolutely yeah, <laughs> and that's not where this where the this the, the similarities stop. No, 
but it is where we stop listing them. Crucial. That's right. It <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. Um, I want hmm. you know at the end at the end of competitive jazz. Yeah. Because you know, Alistair, I know a lot about jazz, and one of the things I know about jazz is that there are no rules, right? <laughs> and you know, yeah. and there is one rule. There's only one rule, and that is there are no rules. Yeah. Right? But that is a rule, though. That is a rule. Yeah. 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 And that's part of jazz. They don't even obey their own rule about how many rules there are. That's right. Yeah. Especially because there's actually one. There's a, and there's actually several. So yeah. they're not even obeying the one where they say that there's one. Yeah. The yeah. part when they're breaking the rule, they're actually breaking that rule. Yeah. Yeah. That's jazz because they break all the rules. <laughs> they break all of them, even the rules <laughs> that, that are broken because they, they don't have any. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a wonder they can ever start playing because they're just constantly going through that motion of breaking the rule, mm. not breaking the rule, and then mm-hmm. breaking the rule mm-hmm. again. It's mm-hmm. very recursive. Yeah. And if anything, the only way that you can process the, the, the pain of doing that is by making a farty sound with your lips it's into a metal cone. Correct. And, uh, but, you know, at the end of a, jazz, a competitive jazz performance, you mm-hmm. can get a rating out of how many rules you broke. You know, that's well. That's one of the rules of that's music. one of the things that That'd the be... judges can judge you on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that... there's uh, what? So how many rules broken? How many rules broken? Uh, who plays the loudest? Yeah. <laughs> I think who yeah. plays the loudest can you know? That's definitely you could win just by drowning out everybody else. <laughs> whose face goes the reddest? Oh yeah, and whose neck inflates the most? <laughs> yes. Neck inflation should be a huge thing, especially for That'd drummers. Fantastic. So, they can get up there with one of those little um, flexible tape measures, like they use in tailoring. They Put that around should. your mm-hmm. neck. Yeah. Move your dick to the side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just competitive jazz. Does it? Is Sorry, it, that was Alistair just asking me a yeah. personal question. <laughs> By the way, um, in competitive jazz. It, is it everyone playing at once, or do is everyone mm. play one oh, at a time? Oh wow! I oh, imagine. Is it like for, is it like say like diving or or um mm. or ice skating or something, or is it more like uh, I actually don't know a sport where everyone plays at once? Soccer. Yes, soccer. Yeah, They're, everyone's <laughs> playing at once. It's hard to think of one, isn't it? Oh, all sports. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but what's an example, you know? <laughs> um, well, I think that, you know, you're approaching it much like you would approach a regular song, playing a song, a set, you know, that you yep. play with a bunch of friends in a non-competitive mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. sort of or what we would call sort of recreational jazz now. And you go into it and you say, hey, we're all playing St. Thomas, mm. right? And then you go, one, two, two, two three. And then... It's each man for themselves. <laughs> right? Who's sound? Who's playing the best? Who's playing the loudest? loudest. Who's breaking the most rules? Yeah. Who looks the coolest? Yes, absolutely. Who looks like they don't care the most? I guess that's also cool. Who so. dies looking the most messed up? Oh yeah. You know. Who dies the youngest? Mm. Who yeah. has the most obscene nickname? Oh yeah, absolutely. So something like. I mean, Jizzy is something. Sounds yeah. like that would be a you know a nickname. I think that yeah, Jizzy mm. Gillespie was Jizzy uh, a famous. Gillespie. I'm sorry, I'm saying Jizz too much. Um, no, Pete. Pete started. I did it. introduce it. I yeah. Um, but here's an alternative take on competitive jazz. Thank you. Right, it's Mr. Squiggle rules. Okay. Right? So the jazz musician enters a space in which there are already sort of random noises being played or mm-hmm. snippets of music, sort of being played. 
Okay. And it is up to the jazz performer to tie it all together with their right. performance. Oh, right? like a jazz Weave obstacle it. course. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's say, uh, okay, I'll be a trumpeter. Mm. Okay. And but then, they also have to run an obstacle course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, a, mm. it's an obstacle treadmill. Yeah. I mean, I mean... It could, <laughs> What, okay. Things are just being thrown at them while they're playing jazz on a tread. Yeah, and maybe they, they, they get manifested on the, on the actual tread. You manifested know? on the tread. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Okay. You, at the, the right now, you guys can be the, the obstacles. Okay, so. We've proven that it can work. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know if we've proven that people can listen to it. They did. We've Just proved. Th- we've, we've put them through it. We yeah. did. We did. We We'd listened, listened to, it. to it, and nothing bad happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. which also meant that we lost mm. in terms of the competitive oh, competitive jazz Wait, listening. It, you lose <laughs> if you listen to it. Well, if you don't die, because you want to die as early as possible. Right. So. You want to die immediately after your first round of competitive chats, or you know, during. Was mm. deadness another um, scoring matrix? Well, Andy a- a- added that it could. <laughs> I'm sorry if it if it threw a real spanner in your works. No, 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 it's fine. Look, I'm the thing is, is that I can't stop saying yes to you. I love that, and I feel like it's enabling you, Andy. Yeah, to live my best life. Yeah. So anyway, I'm putting in competitive jazz mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it could. You know, maybe we could add more to it. I don't know if there's. Is there competitive painting, Pete? You're an artist. Mm. Um, Have you ever seen competitive drawing or anything like that? Not really. But I mean, sometimes they do. You see people drawing really fast, like uh, (laughs) people on the street with uh, with uh, palette knives painting, like painting a a landscape really fast. Mm. Yeah, Um, speed painting, and I guess that's a. And um, what about you know those? Sometimes you make up a page. Uh, of of drawings, yeah. Where um, on one side you have a bunch of like bazookas and rockets shooting to the other side, and then on the other side you create defenses that can defend that, and then another weapon that can sort of attack back. Mm-hmm. Did you ever do that? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Is that just the thing I did? Yeah, <laughs> when I was young. Oh, but but that sounds cool. So you're like you're paint. It's it's like a, a war or an mm. arms race, but it just takes place on the page. Yeah, it's an arms race, like a, a paged arms race. So you kind of you're taking it in turns to attack and retaliate and attack mm. and retaliate yeah. again. Mm. Yeah, but it's you know it's like I'm playing a game of chess against myself. There's nobody else involved. It's just me at the moment. I guess I'm a bit of a war gamist. But could it could it be uh, could it be something that nation states undertake in, instead of you know. War itself, you know, mm. you send your best sketch artist. You draw your feelings to the pad, mm. you know, uh, whatever it is, yeah. and uh, and 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 they there, and that you know. W- meanwhile, the enemy um, they send theirs. Latvia yeah. has their their best. America oh. versus Latvia. America versus Latvia. Yeah, great. Yeah, and then and then you decide that whoever wins out of this drawing contest gets to have you know that you're playing for pink slips. Mm. So you get to have each Great. other's country. <laughs> or cars. Or yeah. cars. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I'm just assuming, you know, leaders. I get to have all your cars. I get to have your country's cars. Yeah. Um, 
That's going to be a lot for Latvia to deal with. Yeah, it's going to be millions and millions of cars. No, it is a lot. Parking is going to be a real nightmare. But then one of these days, Google will be like, hey, we've, we've made a computer that can, that can draw in one of these war drawing mm. contests better than anyone has ever seen. Well, that's what I think they're doing with those Google doodles where you draw something and then Google... Well, Google asks you to draw a foot and you draw a foot and Google has to guess whether or not it's a foot. Mm. Wait, this is a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever done it? No. Where is this? Google Uh, Doodles. Yeah, is that what it's called? Google Doodles? Uh, Something like Google Doodles. And maybe the Google Doodles are those things on the top of the Show up for their logo. Yeah. But there is something like that. I did do that. It's this machine learning thing where the Google is teaching itself to recognize um, shapes. But you um, could just go in there and draw something else, couldn't you? Yes. Just trick Google. I know, but then over time they'll... That'll just be a, like a, a small... We need lots and lots of people yeah. to trick Google otherwise. Yeah. yeah, we'd all have to team up so it doesn't know what's what. Yeah, but then, then it'll be like, oh, well, I, I can tell that something happened here where everybody organised and changed what a foot should I look think like. I you need to take that. Yeah, it'll be like, oh, but maybe they always draw really... feet as tacos and we know their game and, and, and we're just eliminating all that data where the feet are tacos. Maybe maybe the, our our our, uh, our payoff down the track, right? Yeah. For all our hard work, tricking Google could be one day you go in for like some surgery that's going to be performed by a robot, mm-hmm. right? And then instead of like operating on Uh-oh. your ingrown toenail, oh, it amputates no. your shoulder or something, and puts a taco, and puts foot. a taco there, hard and, shell. yeah, and then you, so and then finally you get to, you, you sort of have that feeling of pride that comes from knowing that the machines have lost, have lost, because <laughs> <laughs> you've got um, what sour cream, yeah. leaking out of your arms. Yeah. Every time you taste that sour cream, oh, no, you're eating your own shoulder. Yeah, but yeah. you, but it tastes like victory. Yeah, that's true. You know? yeah. And also rancid dairy products. Yeah. Because it's oh. not going to stay fresh, I imagine. No, but no. you're going to wait a few days before you start eating. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to eat it day one. This is your new shoulder. It's brand new. But once it starts getting a few bugs in it, <laughs> that's when you start that's when to you eat. Chow down. Taco shoulder. But you know what happens then? When they realize... You know, this is after you've eaten your shoulder mm. and you've t- declared win- you know, victory on Google Plus mm. or whatever on mm. Twitter. Then they'll shut down your email and that'll be hugely inconvenient to oh, you. Oh, they lock you out. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Can't email anybody. So you've got no email. No email. <laughs> taco shoulder. Taco shoulder, what's left of it. Yeah. How long, if, you, if a part of your body turned into <laughs> an edible food stuff, mm. how long before you would eat it? No time at all. No like instantly? <laughs> I same... would be so quick. It depends if it's within my diet, you know, because like, you know, at the moment I'm trying to not eat uh, too much wheat, okay. eat, yeah. too, much, too much grain stuff or sugar. So if, it's, if, you're, um, if your, your toenails turn into sandwiches, you... Yeah, I could eat the filling. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But if, unless it was like an almond meal bread of some sort. Mm. <laughs> but it just doesn't feel like the health... The doesn't health... seem that likely that that would happen. Yeah, unless my... My delightful lover would make make it for me, you know, which she does make a kind of nice almond meal bread. But why? And, and she... then replace your toenails with that. Yeah, but then also toenails being replaced with bread just seems like such a huge <laughs> size difference. <laughs> you know how they yeah. even get. They'd be like the little French toast ones, the sort of oh. biscuity ones. Oh yeah, yeah those yeah, crunchy little... ones. That's still very large for toenails. That oh, is sure, still big huge. for toenails, but not you know not that big compared to a big toenail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, it's going to be an adjustment. I'm not lying, Al. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess 
That's just I, an example. Yeah. You could we could replace with uh, different parts. So now I can eat it. I guess also I'd just be worried about just having that exposed skin under the nail. Mm. You know that part. So once the sandwich is gone, there's nothing left yeah, to protect but, it. But also I guess just the <laughs> once you lose that protective power of sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> but now if it's that crunchy sort of small bit of yeah. toast stuff. It does make me feel like that wouldn't feel that good rubbing against the raw under nail yeah. sort of bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of good about about nails is that they seem pretty <laughs> stuck on and they, yeah. there's no rubbing. No, there's no flexibility. There's no movement there's, relative yeah. between the two. There's no chafe. There's they're, no under nail chafe. They're well glued. They are well glued. Yeah. Right? And there's not too much trouble on the side. Some people have a bit of trouble up on the big toenails and stuff like that. They've got to keep Quicks. getting stuff dug out. What's quicks? Oh, just the little bits of your nail that break That's off. That's what the side. that is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what their proper name is. Quicks sounds like something that you would yeah. take for indigestion. <laughs> quickies. Oh, quickies. Mm. Yeah. This show is sponsored by Quickies. Oh, Tacos I forgot to tell shoulders. you, this show is sponsored. Really? Yeah. I'll put a thing at the beginning. Okay. But great. this show is sponsored by Harry's Shavers. Oh my God, Andy. Yeah. Really? Harry's. Do you guys know about Harry's? The the people who make the shavers? The people who make the shavers. They I've make heard it. that they make shavers. They make shavers, yeah. Five-blade five razors? Oh, we're talking a five-blade razor. And you know on that five-blade razor, you know, razor, you know they throw in five-blade razor, by the way. Uh, computer, computer game is going to sell really well, five-blade razor. But they throw in an extra blade for trimming under your nose. Anyway, I use it. It's great. I use it too. Get that, it gets that one or two loose hairs. Yeah. That make you look... Like a pig. Like just a piece of dirt on the ground. And you know, I have to say, under Andy's nose is some of the smoothest parts of his face. No, we're going to post a photograph and people are going to know that I'm, <laughs> I am not currently well shaved, right? But last time I did shave, it was with the Harry's razor and it was so good. And everybody appreciated it. And I got comments. That's right. And they were saying, Andy, you don't look as scraggly as you normally mm-hmm. do with those extra one mm-hmm. or two. Loose hairs under and in your nostrils. But what I would like to say is that people who want to take advantage of an excellent deal can go to harrys.com forward slash think tank and get a whole lot of amazing shaving gear, okay, for a very good price. And I'm going to put the details in for that at the start of the episode because I don't have the details in front of me right now. But they are so good and you will have already heard them and you will already not believe them. That's how good they are. I do believe them and I love them. And I also use it, and I love it. Great. How good's that shaving cream? Mm, wish you could eat it. Wish you could eat it. Yeah. Text Got me, Harry's. We'll get on this. Edible shaving cream. Now, look, I haven't written down anything recently. It feels like we were talking for a long time. Man, we mm. were spitting some webs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um I can't remember what any of it was. I felt like we really connected. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, that's what I think. I think at least it helped our relationship. Mm. Mm. Can you write that down? Helped our Our relationship. relationship. Correct. What about like being under the skin of an animal? Because we're always worried that animals are getting under our skin. I mean, that's one of the classic, you know, signs Mm. of, 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 of... Psychosis. Paranoia, psychosis, you know, mm-hmm. is that the animals are under our skin. Frank you know? Sinatra was famously, you know, terrified of that happening to him. Really? <laughs> what What animals? Sort of like polar hogs? And... Polar bears, mainly. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deep under. Old Blue Eyes, he was absolutely petrified that one day he would wake up 
with the polar bear underneath with the skin. old yeah. white fur. Yep, old white fur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a polar bear is probably the the most likely animal to slice you open and at least make it possible to for something to get under your skin. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's why he was, I mean, like, he's not an idiot. You calling Frank Sinatra an idiot? <laughs> why, do you got well, you call connections? a Frank an idiot? You, you call calling him? Frank an idiot? No, no, no. Okay, no. good. Right, because um, he'd hate that. Yeah, yeah, but luckily he's dead, right? Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. And now the thing is now he would have maybe no skin but lots of stuff that would be under where it would be if it was in existence. Mm, I, I think he's probably got less stuff under his skin now than he did when he was alive. Yeah, but not the kinds of things that he wants. Right now he has That's a lot true. of things under where his skin would have been if he isn't dead, if he wasn't dead. I you know? Do you think he was embalmed? Frank? Yeah. What and then? I mean, I think he was probably embalmed pre-death, just because of all the whiskey that he was drinking. Are you talking about some sort of glass coffin kind of people paying respects? Isn't that the thing that they do to people where they kind of like they get them embalmed so that the body Mm. stays preserved for if ever you want to dig them up? Yeah. Are you you guys ever going to want to dig me up? You know, maybe. Not sure. Well, look. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that's it. If it's a maybe, then embalm. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a no way. If in doubt, definitely embalm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing is that it's so hard to say you absolutely won't ever uh, want to dig somebody uh-huh. up. Well, yeah. And, you know, it's, it, it's pretty unlikely, feels pretty unlikely that we'll develop the technology to be able to bring dead people back to life. Yeah. But it's not crazy to think that society might change in such a way that, hey, we just like digging up people and having their bodies around. You know, uh, that's yeah. probably more achievable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We could do it yeah. right now, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And well, <laughs> well, because cemeteries have got to be in the city for a reason. What are they doing yes. so close to where? Why so many are they so live? accessible? Yeah. Walking distance to very popular suburbs. Mm. What is that about? Mm-hmm. It seems strange, and and it feels like. The whole reason that that is happening is so that you can get those dead bodies into your house mm-hmm. more easily. Mm-hmm. The the forward planning of the the people who built the cities that we live in mm. to think about that that one day there'd be a change in the way society thought about dead people and having well them. there could be that's right there yeah. could be and I think they allowed for not only diversity of cultures like we have in, in the current societies that we live in but diversity of future thinking mm. you see. Uh, you, right. you got to keep your mind open like that. And so uh, a lot of these people who are dead, a lot of their families are already dead. Yes. People who care about them. Yes. Things like that. So we could probably already go and get those bodies even without asking permission. Oh, right. So not even necessarily bodies of our loved ones, just bodies. Well. Just general bodies. Well, isn't. Actually, that's probably less weird, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. It is. But, yeah. But also, they're just a stranger. And what is a stranger? is just a friend you haven't made yet mm. or a dead body you haven't kept around the house yet yes. and sort of, cre- sort of formed a sort of quite a strong bond with. Yeah, 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 yeah. So to get this to happen, though, we need to change people's minds about having um, anonymous, unknown dead bodies, embalmed, of course, mm, but mm, embalmed, um, yeah. dead bodies around the house. Yeah. Where would they be? Just in the lounge room? I picture Kitchen. them in corners. Corners. Corners, yeah, yeah crouching. If you <laughs> get them crouching, I guess so, because if their le- knees are a bit bent and things like that, then you can sort of lean them up against back, against the wall, mm. 
and kind of get like a, a sort of a tripod feel. Yeah. The, the, I mean, even though they've only got two legs down, yes. you sort of, you're you using use the, the wall as the third, third point. As yeah. the third mm-hmm. leg. Yeah. I've always thought of walls as being a third leg. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that, you know, a, a dead body, like at the moment we have mannequins, man, mannequins in shops, mm-hmm. right, in shop windows. Yes. And we also have preserved dead bodies just lying unused in the ground. It really does feel like a missed opportunity for synergy and sort of a doubling up. Oh, absolutely. And and when, you know, what happens to those mannequins, right? You go into a shop, you grab them by the feet and you smash them in a rage like that. Mm -hmm. And those pieces go everywhere. They get Mm. put into the bin and those pieces end up in the ocean. That is what happens. kill other animals. (laughs) And, right, and you get escorted out of the school. You get es- es- of escorted school. out of the school. Right? <laughs> <laughs> where, where you were shopping for clothes, <laughs> and and it turns out it wasn't a mannequin; it was a child. <laughs> it was a plastic child. <laughs> um. Anyway, and so <laughs> that is such Quite a rightly. that is such a murderous <laughs> way of going about it. If we were to just use our dead, embalmed mm, yes. dead. Either to sell clothes or to just have them in our house. Mannequins mm. are very expensive as well. And we is another th- observation. Mm. Mm. We do I've dress up the dead bodies in their nicest clothes. That's right. And it re- again, that feels like it's for a special occasion or to be put on some sort of fashion display. Well, already it's a it's a it's a huge leech on the overall fashionability of the world that we're burying each person's best clothes. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. So each person, they will look the most fashionable when they're wearing their best clothes. Yes. So if everybody was alive, then and everybody was pretending, having a fake funeral that day. Yes. Right? <laughs> then everybody, that, that day, the world. Firstly, traffic would be a nightmare. It, you know, we could work, we could find a way around it. Sure. There's right. no limitations on this either. You could, you could turn your own bedroom into your own funeral parlor. Okay. And then everybody Skypes into everybody else's. Yes. That way we don't have to do any driving around. Yes. Okay. So if everybody was alive that had ever been alive, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and they all had bedrooms. And they all had bedrooms. And, and internet connections. And internet connections. And they were all wearing their of, best clothes. The, un- understanding of Skype. Yes. Then the world would at that point be at the highest fashionability it's ever been in the world and it, that it would be attaining its highest possible fashionability. By definition. By best def- Absolutely. Yeah. Right? But if all the people that are now dead, right, were then to die again. Wait. <laughs> in, in the in, scenario. In the, in the, in the, the scenario high, hypothetical, yes. they then all lost their lives because yes. of the... The, the scenario that they were brought back for ended. Yes. Right? <laughs> Which was to see the maximum what a, fashionability what a, of the world. What a cruel jest. Well, you know, uh, even a moment alive is greater than an, an, eternity, an eternity of death. death. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's the soy... Anyway, no, I'm not going to go back to soybeans. Um, so then, then all those good clothes... I mean, I think you would see a drastic drop in the mm. fashionability of the world in that instant where everybody died and was buried quickly. Okay. Right? Like that. Uh, and But if before you buried all those bodies, those people who were brought back for that hypo- hypothetical, if you stole Wait, all their clothes... Who's burying the bodies? <laughs> eh? 
Who's burying the bodies? Well, the, probably the forces of magic. Or that the necro, the, you know, the the three necromancers <laughs> that we that we managed to create uh, to, mm-hmm. to create this hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Brian uh, and then there, Christine, uh, Christine and Langley, and then <laughs> and then their helpers who were burying everyone. Mm-hmm. If we get those helpers to before burying it, uh, burying them, uh, t- steal their clothes, the dead, then we could create the most valuable second-hand clothes shop in existence that would that would spread beauty across the world mm. and joy and we wouldn't and then it would create a future in which uh, potential fashionability of the world would be sustained there would be a continu- continuity of, of fashionability and we could keep building new clothes that would keep bringing it building up. Building new clothes. But, but there would be conservation of fashionability rather than taking two steps forward and then three steps back every time mm-hmm. someone dies. Someone and dies. you always know that when people die, they are at, usually, you know, at the time of life where they are the most fashionable. When they die? When they die. That's right. Yes. So it, it, Alistair, everything you just said I love it. Write it down, it makes, actually. It makes, it makes so much sense. Yeah. And it takes everything <laughs> into account. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the payoff yeah. was totally worth it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, it's not in any way sort of macabre. No. no. Or misjudged. So Great. Just, so just, just well write, done. Write it just down. Just well done. Yeah, absolutely. Just I guess we haven't written anything since Status Quo Monthly. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, you got that out in too few words. Uh, I, you know, I'm really, uh, I'm really into it. Um, I do have an issue with your idea that the fashionability of the world would would go down when it would really, like, per capita, the fashionability of the world would remain the same. And uh, I think, if anything, having all these extra dead people's clothes would be a burden on people's lives. And um, is the idea that you know. people would be wearing these these this new lot of clothes, this mm. very fashionable set of clothes, just all the time? Like these are the only clothes we can have now. No, no, no. So no. you'd be playing tennis in the clothes that someone was buried in, and then you would go to sleep in some other set of clothes that someone was buried in. Well, the thing is, is that you could. Yeah. And I mean, you can do that now, to be honest. Yeah, you you absolutely could be. You wearing... just need a shovel and a positive attitude. Absolutely, right. But the thing is, is that you guys are, are misreading this, right? The thing is, is that every no. bit of, every item of those clothing, uh, of that clothing that we got mm. that we got from bringing back all those people mm. from the dead for this fashionability hypothetical, right, uh, would be the best item of clothing you've ever owned, mm. right? So it would it would increase your wardrobe. All us plebs, mm. right? Our wardrobes look like the bins in the wardrobes of these people right. who are now dead, like that, right? You know, you just keep a bin in your wardrobe where you put the, the your worst that, clothes. Uh, that are bad, yeah. yeah, like that. Well, that's what are their wardrobes? The, the clothes would look that like. not even a corpse would wear. Yeah, exactly. And so now, if we just took those, if we just took their buried clothes, we could wear that for. A year straight and not yeah. feel <laughs> bad like we always do. Well, I think that that, uh, that puts a cap on that, and we've definitely figured out exactly how that all works. Yeah, okay. Because um, I, w- I had a problem before, but not anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also coffins look comfortable. 
And we could probably also sleep in their coffins. You know, coffin, I don't see why coffin shouldn't be considered an item of clothing. It's you, could, a, you could wear a coffin? Yeah, you could wear How a coffin. How would you walk, would you say? Um, well, why why is Slowly. walking why is walking mm. necessary for something to be fashion? You know. Um, well, no, no, I'm not saying it is, but I mean for getting around is necessary for. It's called a catwalk, Andy, not a cat. Mm. Stand still. <laughs> yeah, Andy. <laughs> um, not a catatonic walk. No, it doesn't matter. Here's my th- suggestion. Yeah. Right, that I reckon when people die. They should. We should open casket, and they should have to be naked. So you know, somebody's been alive all this time. You never got to see any of their bits. You know, mm. you want to. You want to know what's going on. They're there. dead now. They can't. They're object. dead now. They can't object. And now we all get to have a look. And now we get to go. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like so that's that. what it was like. You know. And now we can. We can. We can. We can re-examine. We can get some fresh information to sort of re-examine our personal experience with that person as well. Because mm. what new? You know, I think in death. It would be nice to have, like... Because at, at the end of our lives, there's no, like, big revelation, right? People just die and you don't get, like, the twist at the end of the movie yeah. or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. But now, at least there'll be, a, like, a little surprise or something. You'd be like, oh, you know, they had... They're, they're naked. Yeah, they're naked. <laughs> yeah, but also you might see why somebody was, like, more confident than you thought they deserved exactly. to be. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Like, or why they seemed like less confident that you, you seem they deserve to be. You go, what? You're great. Like yeah. you just draw the most perfect circles by hand. <laughs> like that. You, you seem be, like you have everything. <laughs> you should be so confident, and then and then you realize that they have like sort of. It's just. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. On their inner thigh, it's just nothing but moles, like big, mm. crazy moles mm. and just the denser than you've ever seen. Even well done for not th- making this about dicks, by the way. I'm good. Yeah. I'm wow. Good. Yeah. You see, I mean... I must have said jizz about 13 times. No, but you did a last a minute. minute I thought you were going to dick and you did a last minute dick pivot and you made it no, all no, about No, I uh, made a, it was a sort of like a, mi- like a micronesia of moles on oh, the inner thigh. A real there. archipelago. Yeah, you know, something that would, would be distracting. And if you showed to a lot of people, they would think that maybe you just you had a cleansiness, cleanliness problem or something like that. Mm, you know? it, looks, it just looks filthy with moles. Yeah, it's, you're dirty with moles. And it was probably one of those moles that ended up killing you. Do you think that this would start to, you'd start to see an uptick in um, people's lifespans, knowing that when they're going to die, everyone's going to see them naked? Mm. So you think they'd, they'd look after themselves better or they yes. just cling to life for longer to try and delay the inevitable out of embarrassment? Both of those. Yeah, I think yeah. You'd, you'd, you'd... I'm thinking about doing that right now, just <laughs> the, the yeah. very prospect of having people look at my naked dead body. Well, absolutely, because you want... To outlive anybody who's close to you so that they weren't looking at your junk at the end. It's a good motivator, isn't it? <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. The last one alive gets to see everybody's dick. Yeah. <laughs>
You know, it's just nice. It's... It, I think it's because, it's, it, it, you know, we cover up our bodies all our lives. It does feel like we're building it up for some kind of big reveal. Like we're keeping it as a like a, you know, the, 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 the twist at the end or whatever. You know, it's like if people went mm. around carrying a suitcase all the way through a movie, you'd want to see what was in it at the end. Yeah. And it's the same. How, what do you think is in it? A bunch of hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of went to some kind of body part or something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Or just one really big hand. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, How did you get such a big human hand? Where did that come from? Yeah. Why were you carrying it around? So many questions. But then it's just Finn. It's exactly. It's the end, end. End of the film. Well, you're, looking, you're too busy looking at his naked body. Yeah. <laughs> but then oh, everybody should have one secret at the end. Mm. So, look, I'm just going to write down at the end of life, everybody has to be naked. Yeah, I think we all get a look. And um, and also um, we get to look in their bag, you know, see <laughs> oh, if there's the, any hands in the, there. The bag they have to carry around. Yeah, handbag. That's what handbag should be, you know. Bag full oh, of hands. Oh, there's an actual hand in here. I know, but you reckon that, that big hand, this is the only place I can think where they got, they went to Papua New Guinea or something like that. And just deep, deep jungle, like a place where people nobody goes, mm. and they just encountered a giant, like a real giant, yes. giant hand. Well, yeah, as well as arm. Oh wait, no, it's attached. And stuff like that. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then separately. Uh, no, they're all part of the same. Person. It's a standard configure human okay. configuration, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. just larger than normal. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah giant. much larger. Like a I'm what? thinking, <laughs> like their hand would just cover your sort of whole torso, right? Like mm. that. No problem. Right. And then for some reason you were just like out of fear, slayed the well, dragon. Well, you've, you've got a machete because you've been cutting through the jungle. That's true. Vines. Maybe even as you're, as you're cutting, like that, you know, you don't even, I wonder if you even <gasps> see where you're cutting. Maybe you cut it. the hand off by Doesn't mistake. Doesn't even see. It wasn't, it wasn't an act of malice. No. And then kept it with them. So you don't even see this giant. You just, you hear like a scream and a hand falls to the ground and you can hear something Huge scampering off through, lumbering mm. off through the the um, the undergrowth. Yeah, and then all you're left with is this giant uh, torso-sized hand. Yeah, and then puts it in you their put bag. You put it in your bag mm-hmm. um, on well, on ice. Yeah, yeah. My suitcase. Sorry. Which yeah. which which bag is this? You know, uh, it's your handbag. That's right. Thanks, That's Pete. Right. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. For, thank you. You set them up. I knock them down, and it is that smooth. It is that. You set them up, good. and then you set them up again with a wink. <laughs> <laughs> and you and then point. You, then you point, you point at me, and then you with, with, you go remember the yeah. <laughs> and then I knock them down <laughs> every time. Um, oh man! But then, and that the reason why that person was still carrying it around. Intrigued to know why they were carrying all this ice, by the way. Well, in the um, jungle in Papua New Guinea, they had to they, keep cool. Yeah, and whiskey. They had a lot of whiskey that they were going to try to get through. See, you come up with these answers like that. It's incredible. You get get through to where? Hey? Get through to... To the other side of the island. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> God, Pete. Yeah. And so, and then, but then he wanted to answer this question. He went and met some locals and said, do you know who this belongs to? And they go, mm. well, we've never actually even heard of people that are no- bigger. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's <laughs> weird. We're one of the few cultures that doesn't have a myth about some giant no. man in the jungle. You'd no. think we would, do but we don't. Do you mean smaller? No. We actually have a lot of myths about people who are way yeah. smaller. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. a huge... Look same size. We have a lot of myths about people who are the same, same size. It's pretty standard. They go, no. Yeah. We, pu- we publish them in our book, Status Quo Monthly, actually. Yeah. If you... <laughs> Everyone pretty much the same size you thought they were. Oh, See, that's the front page, this you get latest like the, issue. Did you get like the tail of like an orange bird? You go, no. I don't know, big hand, look. 
Look at this hand. And they go, yeah. No, it doesn't mean anything to us. Yeah, if, so it was, just... if it was the tail of an orange bo- bird, we could have helped you, <laughs> yeah. but it's a big hand. I could tell you, oh, yeah, there's an orange bird, and, was, and then there are jungles. Yeah, always has been. Like that. And, then, mm-hmm. and so then he just carries the hand with him until he can figure this out. He talks to anthropologists and, and biologists and mm. things like that, and, he's just, and he gets it embalmed because it started to stink. Yeah. Embalmed, yeah. Embalmed, you know, mm-hmm. like that. And then, and then, but then he just died of something, mm-hmm. and then we couldn't. The hand, yeah. Well, you know, the, no, the 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 person who Got cut it. off the hand accidentally with the machete, who was, I guess, was just on a tour, sort of just on a, like just visiting. Yeah, just one of those machete tours. And then um, dies, and then anyway, all, all so friends it goes and back to like a tour boat afterwards. Yeah, he goes yeah, back yeah. to his tour like boat, a goes across, kind of thing. Yeah, he's going across the island, meets up with some people. Who, what, do you, what did you guys do today? Oh, not much. Well, now they're drinking whiskey. Whiskey in the jungle. Whiskey mm. in the jungle. And uh, and then he's like, yeah, I found this hand. It's crazy. None of the locals ever heard of a big person. I, mm. I, it was an accident. Mm. I didn't mean to do that. Anyway, gets through customs somehow yeah. <laughs> with his hand. <laughs> I guess he just maybe he just takes the boat. Just takes the boat back. If you declare it, sometimes they, they, they're very sort of, oh, no, mm. that looks okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you know, you could just say it was like a, a Ron Muick or something like that, you mm. know? Mm. A Ron Muick artwork. It's no, it's, it looks real, Patricia but it's P- not. Pacini. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. a Ron Muick bomb. It's a very realistic sculpture of a bomb, but it's not a bomb. Yeah. Ron, Ron Muick does that stuff. Does he do that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, no, he does very well. I'm sure they're fine with prop weapons going through mm. customs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all the time. And so then he just carries it around trying to answer this question. One day he just dies, then all his closest friend and families uh, are like, oh, like, at least we get to see him naked. And yeah. then <laughs> we see him naked, then they start going through his handbag, and then yeah. they find that huge hand. Yeah. And then that's really the beginning of an adventure. Well, it is and it isn't because, I mean, your scenario, it seems like he pretty much told everybody he had this hand. Mm. You know, everyone knew the hand was there in yeah. the bag. So it's not, it's not kind of that sort of reveal that we were going for. It's Karen? more like, a, oh, and there's the hand, mm. you know, and you push it out of the way and go, oh, look, he's got all these old tissues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. I didn't know he had those. That's yeah. it. That's, oh, intriguing. The reveal is that the hand isn't there. That would be the reveal. There is no hand. It was just his hand and, you know. Wait, there is no hand or there is a hand? Were you saying there was no hand? Yeah, there's no hand. Yeah, but he thought there was a big hand. No, someone stole it. Oh. It's a mystery. Oh, no, that's that's, that's Mm. a good way. Oh, this sounds like a kid's book. Agatha. Yes. (laughs) Agatha Christie's Who Stole the Big Hand. Right. <laughs> Are you writing that down? I'm writing. Who stole the big hand? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm. I mean, sure. I mean, look. I think oh, this is all backstory and things yeah. that we'll discover. Mm. But this is like the cold opening of this um, telly movie. Ad- <laughs> Agatha Christie's. <laughs> I don't know much, but I know it's a telly movie. <laughs> I know that this is not going to go to the cinema. <laughs> it's not going to be accepted for no. regular distribution. I've got two words for you. Limited release. <laughs> exactly. What's crazy is that they only, even in 2019, they they decide to only release it on VHS. Yeah. <laughs> Straight to VHS. It was yeah. a lot more work. It was actually a lot more work to get it onto that. Yeah. But I think, you know, there's just, what we're doing is we're taking a lot of the worlds that we're, that, mm. that, that we're seeing here, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of the worlds that we're experiencing in this podcast mm. here. Uh, little universes that are cropping up, mm-hmm. and then we're c- cramming them together as accepted wisdom. Yeah, right? well, that's what um, J.K. Rowling does. Just Rowling, sort 
you know, kind of a pastiche of different things, bringing yeah, them all together. Yeah, she just builds a world and stuff. This She'd love this stuff. Giant Some hand. Some big hand, yeah. But then, you know, like, all you need is one adventurous kiddo or, mm. you know, sort of young adult. Mm. To sort of you know somebody who's not tied down doesn't have like a kid and stuff like that yeah. who can go off to Papua New Guinea maybe go to the next someone island. like a kid someone like a kid <laughs> not tied down with a kid like a, you know who's not tied down with a kid I guess like a kid, a kid. Like another kid yeah yeah <laughs> you know and um, you know maybe somebody who whose parents don't care mm. oh. maybe like God. sounds um, like. If their parents don't care, then their parents also aren't that tied down, though, then by the kids. Yeah, that's true. This Maybe. is an ideal scenario. Everybody's free. The yep. kid is free. Mm-hmm. The, parents the parents are free. The hand. Don't care the about hand. The, the hand. The hand is completely free. The hand is yeah. truly free, yeah. And so then they can track down the hand and then go and do that extra research around Papua New Guinea. To mm. find this um, handless uh, giant. Yeah, because, you know, I bet you this person didn't go to the next island to see or... You know, or didn't do as much research as they could have. They were probably got well, too busy. Well, they were on a tour. I bet you they did. Eh? I bet you they did. Yeah? <laughs> I, bet you, I bet you they exhausted all options. Oh, wow. Well, that's... Yeah, I bet you they were really thorough. Well, that's crazy. Well, then, then that means that even after all uh, uh, you know, options were exhausted, that yeah. means that there was still another option that, that they didn't see. Like maybe they were underground people. No, they know? looked there. Oh. <laughs> 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 what about like air people? People who yeah. use hot air balloons <laughs> yeah. at nighttime that they he wouldn't have been able to see. He he couldn't. He did. They weren't there. <laughs> they weren't there. They didn't escape or something like that. Yeah, no, they escaped. Yeah, no, or maybe right. that person who got their hand cut off was trying to swim mm. away to another island because they were like, people are cutting off hands here. Yeah, huge hands. <laughs> My huge hand. Mm. And so he started to swim to another island, or she. Mm. And um, and they got attacked by a bunch of sharks, big um, sharks. I uh, I really like this, but I also really like the idea of some sort of prehistoric people mm-hmm. who get around in hot air balloons. Yeah. And I think that there is a um, like mammoth skin. Book. Exactly, that's what uh, I'm thinking. Because you look at the skin of the mammoth, mm. and you're like, it's already very big. Yeah, it's, brown. it's already got that that trunk that fits brown. It's already very brown. It's got that. Trunk. You're not going to get that skin any browner. <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. It's already got that trunk that feels like the end of a balloon or yes. like a nozzle for filling it up with air or yes. something mm-hmm. like that. And you could sew a bunch of those pelts together, and instead of having rope go over the mm-hmm. go over the the, the balloon. You to attach just, it to the basket. To attach to the basket, you can just attach it by the trunks. You just tie the trunks down. So like you that. just need like four, five trunks, mm-hmm. like that, four, five pelts. It's prehistoric times, also though. So there's all that gas coming out of the ground. Yes. Yeah, you just put it over some sort of peat bog yeah. or whatever you know. Permafrost. Just, yep. Yeah. Releasing all the sorts of mm. horrible gases into the air. Prehistoric people. Yeah, I love this. Balloon, balloon. But people. they're also huge, these people as well, aren't they? They're huge. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're they can't good. They can't get in the balloon. <laughs> no, but it just means that it's a, it's a super colossal balloon. This isn't made out of normal elephants. This is made out of mammoths. Yeah, mm. mammoths. It's in, so the, it's in the title. Maybe what they do is they kind of, balloon instead of having animal. like a basket underneath, having a, instead of having a basket underneath, they just hold on to like the five trunks at the bottom and then it just lifts them up like one-armed mm. like that and they just get lifted up into the air like that above 
and, and then, then they, they float to the next island. And then they just mm-hmm. float to the next island, and then they like pack up, they roll up their their mm-hmm. pelt like mm-hmm. that. You know, they might use yeah permafrost or like volcanoes or something like that. You know, yeah, yeah. just hot, uh, air. hot air, hot air. You just got to find air. some hot air. This all this all checks out. Like it, it seems crazy that we wouldn't have harnessed the balloon technology at some point in our history before we came up with it. You know, the yeah. Golfier brothers. Yeah, right. We yeah, had right, we had balloons Golfier. before we had um, airplanes, didn't we? We did. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So do you think? Do you think that maybe there was like a prehistoric people who also had airplanes, like a type of airplane? Oh, do you think it's it goes in a cycle? Maybe balloons, yeah. airplanes, balloons, airplanes. <laughs> I think that's the throughout that's how history. It goes, yeah. yeah, snakes, ladders, snakes, ladders. Yeah, racing each other through time. Yeah. Do we can if what if we if we added one element to this, it could be a sketch, <laughs> and then we could yeah. write it down. I mean, I. <laughs> I think it is pretty amazing the idea of uh, some kind of prehistoric excava- excavation. Mm. You're digging away, mm-hmm. right? And you discover some kind of hot air balloon, right? Mm-hmm. And then you start to discover the infrastructure around the hot air ballooning industry. Like maybe they have some sort of, you know, like find some sort of airport and you find like a little ticketing desk mm. and you find, you know, the prehistoric flight control center. Yeah, prehistoric flight control, you know, prehistoric customs, um, baggage, baggage inspectors mm. and all that mm. sort of stuff. And it's all, it's all there. It's all been preserved under mud or ash, you know, or muddy ash or muddy ash. And then you, um, you know, I guess you find, you, and you look at the prices of the, of the saber tooth tiger cutlets that they've got in the cafeteria in the airport, and yeah. they seem a bit expensive. Yeah, that's steep, and yeah. the portion sizes are not great either. The portion yeah. sizes, I mean, <laughs> and this is mammoth. We're talking megafauna here, mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah, it's still not, still not good. Mammoth um, sashimi. So the person that finds this, are they excited? Are they terrified that this is going to change everything? You I think know, it would. The world be, it, it that would they feel know. like a lot of pressure. Yeah. 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 You probably feel like you'd gone insane. Like, I wonder how amazing a discovery you would have to make of prehistoric what have you for you to be like, well, the more logical explanation is that I've taken leave of my senses and I'm irredeemably bonkers. Yeah, I think it would be, probably be easier to... Um, to go like, like let, let, let's say the sketch was, yeah, like this, this person's discovered this and mm. then, uh, like, then a, another academic, you, you know, you go, I've, I got your message... What is it? And they go, they explain this whole thing mm. that they've discovered. And then they tell this big story and they go, and the portions aren't that big either. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the other, the other visiting academic goes, wow, this is incredible. Yeah. I'll help you bury it again. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just bury it again because they go, oh, this is going to be too. Yeah. This is too much. This is going to be too much trouble. Yeah. It's going to ruin our or- careers. Or they, 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 he shows, you know, one academic shows the academic, the next one, the evidence, and they go like, oh, that's, a, that's wild, it's crazy. I thought you were insane, but it turns out I must also be insane because I can also see this evidence. Mm. And then everybody who sees the evidence is like, oh, I must be, I must be crazy. It's weird. Yeah. It's, it's probably one of those, uh, you know, collective psychosis kind of things goes around like crazy, you know. Either like I'm a, insane or this is just an actual airport. Mm. And then people just start using this Neolithic or, you know, older than that airport mm. um, just to get around because they can't live with the idea that this is 
a prehistoric know, airport. A prehistoric they decide airport. It must be an actual airport. It must be an actual one. So then that ma- that makes it more palatable and, so and they easier just, to. Yeah, and it just, just becomes living as the. Uh, yeah, as and the, it mm. it becomes part of this sort of fiction that they need in order to live their lives properly. A comforting fiction. Yeah. Do and they have sex with each other? <laughs> Do you think they at that point they cease to be colleagues and it sort of like it becomes okay <laughs> for them to start having sex with each other? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't know if they're attracted to each other. I guess so. Yeah, but at this point they've got to start repopulating this this civilization. Do you think they would have to? Is this the dumbest thing we've ever said on the podcast? Oh God. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, no. But no. then they would. They probably In would. the back of their minds, they're all like, sweet. But the, wor- the, I don't, the world hasn't stopped existing. It just has one extra airport, one extra which airport. happens to be um, 5,000 years old. Yeah, but Matt, Matt 5,000. <laughs> That's so short. I guess that's not that oh, far. I mean, I don't think it's that crazy. I don't, I don't know. What, I think mammoths were around, like, at least within 10,000 years of the Sorry, 10,000 yeah. years, yeah. So their pelts should still be in good in good nick. Also, I think they could still ride their pelts. Yeah. I don't know why you think that a, an airport five thousand years old is not impressive. <laughs> no, no, that is impressive. I just meant with the mammoths were fi- the mammoth bodies were five thousand years old. That feels long. <laughs> oh, you think that's too long? <laughs> Fuck! I don't know. I don't know. I, it, I, it's it's hard to gauge which part of this ludicrous scenario has sparked your incredulity. The fact that the mammoth bodies were too old in this scenario is the thing that you scoffed at? Well, I mean, oh my silly God. the pelts would be still have the flexibility to sort of hold They're air. They're in gas. permafrost, <laughs> Alistair. Permafrost. Uh, yeah, but time still passes, Andy. Don't be naive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can, you can still only keep steaks in the freezer for, you know, a few months. That is true. Mm. Yeah. You know, and they're as cold as they get. It's absolute zero in there. I wonder. I wonder if you could eat any of that old mammoth stuff that they dig up. Oh, I'd love to. Just like it. It would probably taste gross, but I reckon you could eat it and not die. You think so? You know, th- no, it'd de- it's it'd decay. Yeah, but it's, there's still stuff, isn't there? Yeah. They smell it first. Yeah, give it a sniff <laughs> test. Ah, it seems fine. Five thousand year rule. I, you know, I bet you, that, like, there's some of those guys, because there are people who go and, like, find ma- mammoth bones and stuff these mm. days in Siberia. I think it's big like business. That. And then eat them. big business. Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some of those guys who would just, like, pull up, pull it off and go, and they go, it's fine, like that. Yeah, with that accent. Yeah. Yeah, great. That was a Mongolian accent, so. Mm. So if you can disprove that, if you want to go back and find that audio mm. and prove that my his it's fine doesn't sound Mongolian, I'd... Can't wait for the next episode. I can't wait either. Alistair, we've got enough sketch ideas. We can go to some suggestions from a listener. Pete, I don't know if you know this, but uh, every episode now we have a, a listener who's a Patreon supporter mm-hmm. who sends in three words, and we use those words to inspire a, a sketch. What a lovely idea. It's lovely. It gets people involved, and, mm. you, know, it's, mm. you know, and this person seems lovely. Now, um, I feel name, better just hearing about that. Yeah. Now, now, More alive. Now, Peter, you're a person who I am. lives in Australia. Yes. But your name is spelt uh, like, like an Irish Peter, right? Yes. P-E-A-D-E-R. 
Yeah, I've been mm-hmm. told it's the Irish spelling of Peter. Right. Well, I believe this person here has a, an Irish spelling of their name. Really? Right. So it's C O N A L space O apostrophe H A R A. Now, I would say Connell O'Hara. Yeah. What yeah, sounds pretty good. Right? But now, can you confirm yeah. that that's not like Peter or something like that? Some other <laughs> fucked way of writing, saying Peter. Yeah, like yours is a fucked way of saying it. Is this just another? I assume you people have a fucked way of saying Peter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are no, no, able no. to recognize other fucked ways of saying, saying Peter <laughs> when you see it. Is this one of the fucked ways of it? I mean, it, it is a fucked way of, of doing it. You're right. It is pretty fucked, isn't it? Your spot on the money. No. Yeah. <laughs> Connell. Connell. Thank you, Connell. Um, yeah. Um, or Connell. That's true. It could be Connell. What a lovely name. Yeah. Thank you very much, Connell, for uh, sending in these words. Are you guys ready to hear the words? Yes, I'm ready. One of the words, I feel, is really representative of maybe where this person or this person's ancestry comes from. Okay. See if you can pick the one I'm talking about. Yeah, all right. Okay. Apple. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that. Shamrock. Mm-hmm. Ah. Hysteria. Apple, shamrock, hysteria. I love it. You know, we always draw apples with a single leaf. That's but, right. Mm-hmm. You know, in my experience in the supermarket, you never get any leaves. Right? Yeah. Like they don't they don't there's not a single there's not a single leaf on mm. on your apples in your supermarket but like when you draw the apple mm. you always draw the little leaf don't you because they you otherwise you've leaf. just drawn a circle i guess i guess yeah. that's right it's a, it's it's an iconic it's like sherlock holmes's hat right mm. if you don't draw it's the hat a, yeah. you've just drawn a circle yes yeah that's you know? right and if it's got leaves on it but also you know the the drawing of the apple tells us tells us a lot about the drawer you know, uh, right. they tells us that they they haven't drawn it from sort of a, a quality graded apple from a supermarket, say. Mm. But mm. perhaps maybe they live on a farm where they get access to single leaf apples all the time. Let's say that a kid picked. Yes. In know? fact, they could ensure that the apple only has one single leaf. Yeah, a place where they can be absolutely 100% certain of the number of leaves and then represent it in sort of art or printmaking or... Yep. You know, which I don't consider to be mm. art. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> there are two forms of expression, art and printmaking. Um, MC Escher yes. did one of them. Did one. <laughs> so we have Apple, Shamrock, and Hysteria. Yeah. Now, what is Shamrock? Shamrock is, a, is your... Uh, it's like a it, ground covering. It's like a clover, isn't it? Yeah. Like your, your four-leaf clover is a mm-hmm. sort of a shamrocky type scenario. You know, and so what does that mean? Um, well, you it's know, lucky. you know, a four-leaf clover. Yeah, I think another word for that is shamrock, or it's so, another variety of that kind okay. of mm. it's gr- like a growth. It's a type of grass, little kind of planty thing. business. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Little pr- and it could okay. be good luck. Could be good luck, and it might be in some way associated with leprechauns. It's the but only thing that will racist. kill the leprechaun. What? In the film? Really? Yeah. A shamrock. To, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Crazy. Have to kill and it's not a rock. No, so you're no, throwing, no. You're, you're throwing to be honest, it's a sham. It's a sham rock. Mm. Yeah. Oh, fake rock. Mm. Real rock from my sham friends and sham rock for my. Nah, it doesn't. Don't Real friends. It. Real That's friends. Good. Yeah. Um, the, but 
you know, I think it's a shamrock because you see it because it's on the ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you think it's on the ground. It must be a rock. You look closer. You're like, oh, it's a plant. It must be a, just a shamrock. Okay. You know, it's just one of those kinds of tricks to get you to look closer at the ground. Have you ever gone looking for a four-leaf clover? Yeah, and I've, I've, I've found them, but then I think I came to the conclusion that it was some sort of other plant, basically, that wasn't a clover. It was just something that looked like it, but had because there were heaps. Yeah, I've also like, been in a scenario where I've seen heaps. Yeah. And also, there's a part, there's a point in my life in, when I was living in Canada where we had them, and then somebody had told me you could eat them, and then suddenly I was eating too many clovers. <laughs> And they were just a bit... They were so you bit went from sad. none at all to, like, how many? I went from, let's say, eating no clovers whatsoever mm, yeah. to just... I was just eating handfuls of clovers. Yeah. And there were so, so many of those were good luck ones. Big handfuls. Some was, yeah, yeah. Like, just, like, I had mouths full and my eye was twitching. It was so sour. Like that. And I was going, ah, mm. like that. And, yeah. <laughs> Maybe... Maybe the because uh, the, the, you're finding so many because you've got the first one and obviously that's good luck mm. allows you to use that luck. It's like when you go to the Mars, but get a, get the two for one Mars, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you find the in, in, inside a Mars bar it says, oh, you get another Mars bar, and then you get another Mars bar, and inside that, if you're lucky, it says you get another Mars bar, yeah. and then you just keep getting more Mars bars. But yours are like magic clovers that keep allowing you to find more clovers. There's only just enough magic in each one mm, to mm. get you one more, but you don't ever get to transcend just getting extra clovers. Yeah. So it's infinite wishes, but more you can wish for another wish. Yeah, that's all you can wish for. Yeah. In fact, there is only one rule. All you can wish for is another wish. So it's, really, it's a curse because you have to spend your whole time oh, you don't doing have, that. You don't have to do it. No, right. it's just an option. I think. Look, I think maybe that's where the where the sketch is. It's a yeah. genie. Mm. I know that doesn't involve hysteria, no, but no, although well, that person would eventually feel, hysteria, I imagine you could descend into some sort of state thereof. It's the genie, and it's the guy's like, "Look, I know the drill." He rubs the lamp. Genie yeah. comes out. He goes, "I know the drill. Uh, three wishes, and you can't wish for more wishes." He goes, "Actually, no, no, no wait no, a no, second, no. bucko." Yeah, like that, and he goes, "Stop right there. One wish." Thank you and very you can much. only wish for more <laughs> wishes. <laughs> and he goes, "What?" And he goes, "You can only wish for more wishes." Which sounds yeah. great at the start. It does. It's like yeah. I could have oh, as, many as many wishes as I, I want. want. Yeah. yeah. How but many then, wishes? As many as I want. Yeah. And then his, and then his wish comes true. Mm. And then all he can wish is for wishes. But then maybe he discovers that he can. Does that mean wishes in like my hopes and dreams, the things that I want out of life? Mm. I can only wish for being able to wish for more. Mm. Mm. No, I think it just means no, genuine, just genuine magic genuine. wishes okay, from magic a genie. Wishes. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, it does. It's crazy because it, thinking about it tricks your brain into thinking, well, there must be a loophole. Yeah, of course there isn't. But the thing is that I think you could, if you, you could, keep going, maybe. May- <laughs> That's a, that's a good bit of thinking. Or if you did it fast enough. Yeah. Like just if you, if you did it really fast, mm. maybe you could slip uh, a wish for like something else in there. Yeah. yeah. Like something kind, of, kind of like like when you do a cheat code in a computer game or something yeah. or like you find a shortcut in Mario or mm. you do something on like a vending machine which allows you to get an extra Mars bar. Mm. So you can only... You've, I'm a very, with Mars bars. There's a very small window yeah. which you could wish for something. But it'd probably have to be something small enough so that um, the genie doesn't, doesn't notice, notice it. Like, 
Well, after a while for the genie, it's just going to mm. become admin, isn't it? It's going to become pretty tedious. And so you will be able to, It's like you could DDO... Is that DDoS? When you overload somebody's mm. uh, server and but you're able to hack it. genie doesn't have anything else to do. That's true. You know, and I think seeing them, them seeing you tortured is probably more entertainment than they could ever ask for, that they could ever wish for. That's all they wish for. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, so that's someone who has wished uh, yeah. for something. Um, I got two wishes and I used it to torture you. I reckon that they can, that, he, that the person who can wish for more wishes can also wish for more wishes for other people, but they can only wish for more wishes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so this is a sort of uh, a wish-making like, pyramid scheme? Yeah, of? or it's a bit like the ring or something like that where you oh. can pass on the curse. It's a communicable disease. Yeah, mm. and I think in mm. the way in which it's, it's torture is because it feels like you're on the edge mm. of infinite possibility, mm. but you just can't use Break it. Break out of it. You have you magic. Know, unless, unless you do it really fast. I thought we'd established that you could mm. wish for something. Sure. I know. <laughs> you can do it really fast. We, maybe. We have I'm not saying it's guaranteed. I'm just yeah. saying, you know, if you did it really fast, maybe, maybe you could. Well, I think that's a thing you would definitely try. Yeah, you give it a shot. Yeah. Um, and you could taint the kind of wishes. You go, uh, I wish for more wishes for about blueberries. Yeah. Like that. And then you go, okay, well, you got all these extra wishes about blueberries. And you go, damn, that still didn't get me. Because, but, but Alistair, what you realise here is you've, you've, you're in this scenario where you feel like you're on the verge of having anything that mm. you want, but in reality you're just cr- stuck in this grinding monotony that just drags you onward without allowing you to transcend it. I mean, we're describing is, capitalism, man. We're dis- I think oh. we're describing life. Oh, right. And, yeah, well, life. You know? It, there's, yeah, there's... it tricks you into keeping on going. Because mm-hmm. I think what it is is that you still have to just do regular stuff. Mm, yeah. Ex- like ex- you got to eat, you got to sleep. Yeah, you got to... And do all the wishes. Yeah, you got the wishes. You got to keep wishing for more mm. wishes just in case at one point the spell is mm. broken and you can use all those wishes. Or well, the genie might take pity on you and think, well, this, this, this person's really gave it a good shot. Mm. What you is... No, I'll give them one. Mm. Just one. Yeah, you read a lot of, like, books about tricking genies, maybe. <laughs> You'd like try to you'd talk to like logicians trying to get like is there a way that I could be wishing for something that is like that's yeah. still a wish could but be I, some kind of game theory thing in yeah. there or, or or some sort of logic puzzle like the way that the genie mm. gave you the wish there's something implicit in the mm. way that they said it that there's gave you an a out it's like uh, uh, our friend Stephen Hall uh, wrote a book called How to Win Game Shows. Mm. It'd be great if someone wrote a book called How to Trick Genies. Yeah, I think we absolutely could write that book. Wish for more wishes. We could talk about the guy who could only who actually could only wish for more wishes. But on your thing about it being uh, just like life, you're right because what is a new day mm-hmm. other than a wish for more wishes? That's what right. is survival? And you know, not just life as in the life of an individual. But this is what DNA is, you know, the very ongoing potential. Drive. Mm. Yeah, the potential that something could happen. So you keep going and you keep going. But it's just the same thing. It's just the status quo. <laughs> status quo monthly. <laughs> status quo monthly says this week that you can still only wish for more <laughs> wishes. Um, yep. So that's uh, it. That's, that's good. It. I think that's good. Thank yeah. you, Connell O'Hara. Thank you, Connell O'Hara. Thank you, Connell. Um, O'Hara. O'Hara. <laughs> <laughs>
Now I'll take us through the definite full sketches that we have here. Yes. Wow. How many indeed. are there, Al? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight. Okay. And so are you going to put them in any particular order? I'm going to take go through them chronologically, yeah. Oh. yeah. That's how we do it here. Here on Two in the Think Tank. Have you ever thought about putting them in a different order? Oh, I've definitely thought about that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I think about it a lot. <laughs> when I'm not reading these things out chronologically, I'm basically <laughs> thinking about reading them out in a different way. <laughs> Oh, and there are so many different ways that I could think of that yeah. that could be done. Counter yeah. chronologically, uh-huh. um, sort of free form, yeah. just a- a- any which way. Mm. By, by loudness. Yeah, by lo- really loudly. Mm. Chronologically, except <laughs> for one. I read them out as the loudest first. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> which is the loudest idea. That's, this is crazy because there's no way to write things louder mm. on the page. Everything's the same volume when it's written down. Yeah. Yeah, unless you that. leave a note, you leave a note saying volume 122. Mm, sure. 122. And then then you it actually that's actually a reference to a book, the 122nd volume. And then if you go into that you open the page and it says read that one loudly. Pretty loudly. Yeah, pretty loudly. Okay. What a volume. Mm. What we mm. know about person who made snakes and ladders from, from the game. Such a strong right? start. So yeah, it's a good strong start. But like this is, this is sort of you know people looking back. This is the person's died, and now and there, there wasn't very much known about snakes and ladders. Mm. But this is what we can tell you mm. based on the game. That, that it was invented after someone had climbed up a ladder, but before they'd tried the crucial step of determining whether or not it's possible to slide down a snake. Well, either either they thought you could slide down snakes or they wanted you to imagine a world in which sliding down snakes was a thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's beautiful. What a gift to give us. Yeah. Well, at some point that person did that. Competitive jazz. You Competitive know. jazz. I think, that's a, yeah. I think that's a rock solid yeah. sport did, and sketch. Were you thinking about the competitive jazz players? Were they like dressed as athletes? Were they wearing some you know skin tight um, sort of costumes, or were they wearing some mm. jazzy clothes? I think jazzy clothes, but more aerodynamic. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you know? no, so no belts. Like they're all skin mm. tight, but they're still yeah. turtleneck and uh, yeah, they could be belts, but they're those they're they they're belts that can really breathe. They're oh, still okay. wearing <laughs> fedoras, but they're, fe- they're they're skin hugging fedoras. Yeah. Mm. That's right, skin tight. They got like that metal thing opening up their nostrils so that they can breathe way clearer. You know, like in Tour de France, guys. Mm. Yeah. Then we got Status Quo Monthly. (laughs) Yes. You don't know that? No, I didn't. Status Quo Monthly states that sometimes people in the Tour de France wear these like metal prong things that widen their nostrils up so that they can just get more inflow. That's grotesque. It is grotesque. But Mm. do you know, what's the next step? The next step? Just cut cut open the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Put a yeah. big funnel there. Yeah. Just remove the nose completely. I wonder if body modification is... uh, is forbidden in some way, you know? Yeah, I mean, unless it's you can't an take drugs. Accident. But like, if you put some kind of robot thing in your leg, they how had, would they know? Well, there was the the case of people hiding like a robot and machines inside their bikes. Yeah. Yes, and that's strictly forbidden. But no one ever checked to see whether or not people inside were hiding the it leg. in their nose. Yeah, yeah, or like yeah, inside their leg, just like a little fiber that mm-hmm. helps you a little bit some more. Some sort of power. fiber. 
little fiber power. Then we got uh, Bring Back All Dead. <laughs> fashionability <laughs> hypothetical. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. See, and I think that's that'll be worthwhile. Yeah. 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 I think we should bring them back and just use them as like a hat stand. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that, then you won't. That won't achieve anything for like the fashionability of the world. But I guess our 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 clothes will be hanging. It'll well. give yeah. us a place to put our hats. Yeah. It really feels like the human body was designed as a place to put hats. Just saying. Mm. It's just a bit suspicious. I was just thinking about like you know like, what about like. You know, you know, everybody's on on you know, on that Mary Kondo thing right mm. now. What about in a morgue? Do you think they go and they touch all the bodies and they go, if it brings me joy, we'll keep it. But if not, get out of here. Anyway. Fortunately, all of these babies bring me joy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no rooms for any more bodies. Dump them in the volcano. <laughs> That's the new bodies being brought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then we got at the end of life, everyone gets a, to look at you naked. And I think that's just a good new rule. Yeah, yeah, checks out. There's a little reveal at the end. I think it'll be very satisfying for everyone. Mm. Yeah, got, that yeah. perfect circle guide. Guy can draw perfect circles. Actually, that's how Ron Muick, I think, got his, his... He broke out was he, from memory, did a miniature. Like when I say miniature, I mean like maybe one quarter size or one third size uh, hyper-realistic version a sculpture of his dad's dead body, just nude. Whoa. And really? That yeah. was his first, like, that was his sort of big work. Yeah, that was his big work that kind of threw him onto the world scene. Cool. Yeah, but imagine that. And then we wouldn't need guys like him anymore if everybody was nude and we could always just go go to each funeral would be like an... A, We'd all be like, like Ron Muick. We'd all be Ron Muick. And then yeah. he, We'd I guess, would, nothing. would have... <laughs> Finally. Finally. <laughs> and then he, I assume, would just disintegrate or something like yeah. that. Or at least, you know, hopefully get, become poor. He'd definitely be <laughs> depressed. Eh? He'd definitely be depressed. Look, I hope, I wish nothing but good things upon Ron Muick. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. but if we could take away everything that he holds dear, that'd be great. Well, think of the rebirth it would be for him. It'd mm. give him opportunities for new directions and sculptures. Maybe... What people were wearing clothes. Wearing clothes. Who are alive? Yeah, fingers crossed. And then we've got... Sorry if you don't know who Ron Muick is. It's pretty obscure. Yeah, just Google Ron Muick. He's a hyper-realistic sculptor. It's pretty amazing stuff to look at. He is very realistic. I've seen him and it is uncanny. Yeah. But he convinced it was a real Ron Muick. Mm. Uh, But he plays with uh, scale and... um, so some of his sculptures are absolutely gigantic, mm. but very realistic, and others are tiny. Yeah, um, and very realistic. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Um, then we've got who stole my big hand, or who stole the big hand? The Agatha mm-hmm. Christie. The uh, new Agatha Christie. It's a, it's a mystery <laughs> novel or story of some sort. Then we've it's got an Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie's who stole my big hand. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got archaeologists who find. Mammoth Airport, mm-hmm. roughly 5,000 years old, and the mammoth pelts are still in primo condition. And it's too big a discovery that they, they all decide that they have to just live there and just start using it and living mm. the way that those people used to 5,000 years ago because there's not going to be any credibility to them when they get back. Nobody's going to believe it. It's just too mm. big a leap mm-hmm. that people used to live like this, these giants. They've got an amazing secret and they can't tell anyone. Mm. There's no way to prove it. 
And when we do prove that it is real, we decide instead to abandon all science mm. as flawed. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. If science proves this is real, mm. science is done. Yeah, and then... It's cooked. What a waste of time. And then yeah. Ron Muick's career disintegrates anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And then, uh, and then we've got the final sketch, which is you can only wish for more wishes, Genie. And I think mm. that's a just... There's something beautiful in that. I like that one. Um, and I think... That that's what you know really seals up this episode. Does he still sing a song? Do you think, the genie? Oh yeah, yeah. under yeah. the sea, <laughs> <laughs> under the sea, you can wish for more wishes. Yeah, then that's do where those it dishes. finishes. You, you can't wish sea. for fishes. Not under the sea. sea. Mm. So yeah. And Will Smith is the genie. Mm, great. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to that. <laughs> and look, so. Oh, now we have to do the uh, song. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Um, I think it was great. I think it was <laughs> maybe, it was definitely top 200 episodes, yeah. maybe top 50. Yeah. Thank you Pete, so much for having so me much on. Thank you so much for coming along. Do you, can we promote anything of yours? Absolutely not. I'd, I'll pay you not to tell anyone anything no? about me. Okay, great. Except that he is indestructible. He is absolutely indestructible. Yeah. And he can be, not be harmed by edged weapons. No, no not absolutely. by any uh, uh, weapons forged by man. Yes. Yeah, that's right. His only weakness is blunt weapons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but forged by gods. Yeah. Okay. So, um, or men. Or well, men. You which can fo- technically could just be rocks, wouldn't it be? Yeah. Yeah. Forged oh. by in the volcano in the volcanoes of Mordor. Yeah, that's mm. right. You know, some people say that uh, Mordor was just you know what what uh, J.R. Tolkien saw it like Verdun or whatever in the First World War. Holy crap! Like orcs and stuff. Well, just like the mud and the holes. Yeah. And right. Sort of awfulness and the climbing up the mountains and the ridges and eating the special bread that lasts forever yeah oh that'd be good though yeah it was fun (laughs) yeah it's fun eating bread (laughs) with your your, your pals yeah eating bread with your pals (laughs) making potatoes (laughs) boil them mash them cook them in a stew fighting spiders all that yeah and uh and then we're at two in two in tank yep i'm at stupid old andy (gasps) and i think i may have launched my Guided meditation podcast this week, but oh, maybe not tomorrow. Well, actually, you can probably find it if you search. But I'm just waiting for iTunes to approve it. But we'll now, be tweeting about it this week. It'll yeah. come out on the Twitters. Shusher Alistair. guided meditations. Yeah, and uh, if you can share it or you can do anything, we'll just or listen to it. You can just download it. It's fantastic. Alistair, I've listened to it. It's so funny. Pete's listened to it. It's improved my life, hundred and thirty percent. Thank you, everybody, and. Uh, I think, oh, and, you know, you can support us on Patreon if you want, or you can we review us. We have a show coming up at the do. Melbourne Comedy Festival. We'll tell you more about that. Yeah, but Magma Comedy Festival in Melbourne. Yeah. F- feel free to buy tickets. It's happening. I mean, they could be selling out. Yep. Every day, every day a ticket is sold, yeah. there's less available. That's right. They could be. But and then again, if there's huge demand, we might just do it again after the festival. Yeah. <laughs> and you just screw everyone. Yeah. Especially Ron Muick. Mm-hmm. Ron Mjolk will have no career after this show is complete. Anyway, and we love, love you. you. 
This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 